the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Sean Wade's father told, I think it's Suncoast News in Florida, that if uh, spring football is when college football is played this season, Sean Wade is, and I quote, out of here, baby. Yeah. I, we've, we've said that. I think it it's um, it's the wrong thing to do. Wrong thing to do. I didn't say I want him to leave. You want him? You want him to leave and go to the NFL, right? Well, I don't understand. You didn't finish. No, I. You. It's the wrong thing to do. It's what? the wrong thing to play spring football. Oh, yeah. If you're oh, okay. I thought it was draft eligible. I, I listened to that as saying it's the wrong thing that Sean Wade should leave early. I'd say, no, 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 pack no. your bags and get in a three point stance. No, no, no. It's the wrong thing to play in the spring. It's going to be. And the reason I started our uh, Monday. July what? 27th? 27th. 27th. Wow, where'd that month go? Uh, the reason I started our Monday, July 27th podcast with that clip is because it's going to be a different season, even if not played in the spring. It's already a different season. No non-conference games for Big Ten teams. And I want to talk today about a possibility of doing something that would be a even bigger departure from tradition, I would think, at least in the minds of Ohio State fans, and that would be uh, what if we move the Michigan game up? And I'm so sorry I didn't bring this up Friday because that's when I brought it up. I think I brought it up to uh, my partner on the A Few Good Men on the Big Ten podcast. I know it's hard to keep all your dates. There's uh, my cross promotion <laughs> for the day. Uh, it's hard to keep all your dates together, all your friends and, yeah, and then, people and you and do podcasts with. And then Joey Kaufman of uh, the Dispatch went ahead and wrote about it, about what if they move the Michigan game up. So we'll get to that today. As Are you well. accusing Joey Kaufman of stealing your no, stuff? No, I am not accusing Joey Kaufman of stealing my stuff. I am not. Not at all. It's just a pro- it's a it's a plausible thing to think about in the COVID-19 era where it's as you just said, July 27th. Can you tell me who Ohio State's season opener is against the date it will be played and who they will play? Rutgers September 26th. Really? You're guessing yeah. or you know that for sure? To be determined. I just looked up Ohio State's schedule. Rutgers. So that was like supposed to be their first Big Ten game with the old schedule, right? Yeah. That's what you have? So you're presuming they're going to stick with the old schedule, just lop off. Who was it this year? It was Bowling Green. Was Bowling more. Green. Was OU on there? Oregon? Who was yeah, the third? I think it's ridiculous that they're taking Ohio schools off. Well, what's the difference? Bowling Green can get in a bus. Besides, everybody's wearing masks. So everybody's, everybody's wearing masks. Everybody's wearing masks, yep. and he stopped the spread, according to what we're told and beaten into on a daily basis. Well, if you want a season, you got to wear a mask. Yeah, if you want a season, wear a mask. Okay, Bowling Green's wearing a mask. You're wearing a mask. Play a season. I got masks everywhere. I got masks in every vehicle. I got masks in my Bible. I got masks everywhere. So let me, I mean, that's what I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, are they going to pick up the season and Look, supposedly, uh, if all the students, when they come back to school, are wearing a mask. Are you sure yeah. they're coming back? I, I'm, well, I'm, I'm going off of what Bowling Green and Ohio U are doing, where they're going to have uh, partial, split it in half, I guess, from the best way to keep it simple. And how I understand it, some of the classes will be in person. Some of the classes will be uh, over the Internet. And so probably but, no big lecture halls. So right, probably have exactly. like the big lectures will be online. Yeah. So so, but if everybody wears a mask, it stops mm-hmm. the spread, according to every uh, person in the world. Now it seems like. Yep. If uh, then what's what do we? Why are we canceling Bowling Green? They don't have to stay here overnight. They can get in a bus. They drive down. They play. They go back home. Same with whatever. Uh, obviously, you can't do that with Oregon, but you can. Uh, they're too busy ruining a city in Oregon. So maybe they're they're. Uh, time will be uh, not available to them if they're protesting something out there. Yep. But anyway, uh, so hopefully that uh, the Ohio State and will put on uh, the schedule and move back to the schedule. Those uh, those non-conference games still have time to do that. I don't know why you wouldn't do that. I think it's silly that you don't do that. There's what's is. <laughs> Well, I guess right now, since you told Bowling Green you're not going to play them, Bowling Green's thrown away their Ohio State tape, and they're not even looking at it. So uh-uh. you spring it on them at the last minute. Hey, by the way, we'll play you. They'd come. They want the they, check. They come. They need the money. They need the money. 
But hey, you know, shut it down, shut it down, make it make a decision now. I know that the SEC didn't cancel non-conference games. I know that the Big Twelve so far hasn't canceled not, no. their non-conference games. But of course, the Big Ten hit the red giant panic button and has already canceled their non-conference games, which is makes no sense because if everybody's wearing a mask, what's the problem? What if somebody gets COVID during the season? Yeah, well. So what? They're in the most safe environment everywhere. They're in a school where everybody's wearing a mask. They're at a facility where everybody's wearing a mask. They're getting tested. You know, mm-hmm. either that or go into lockdown again, where you're probably chances of COVID spread even more. So one of the two is going to happen. So I'm, I'm just, I'm just play, just play. Well, what are you doing? I don't. I think my impression of, I mean, your scenario makes perfect sense to me. That you would just lop off the non-conference games and open September the 26th with Rutgers. I don't want to do that. No, but I mean, that's I'm, I'm trying to. I'm under the impression we don't have an Ohio State football schedule right now, and we don't have a season opener right now. I'm under the impression that they're figuring out a 10-game conference schedule, and at some point they'll announce who that is. Because I know this: the schedule that was out for years and years, doesn't have 10. And every Big Ten school should be eliminated for the playoffs. It doesn't have 10 conference games on it. Their schedule doesn't have no. 10. Well, every every Big Ten school should be eliminated for the you playoffs. You would eliminate them if they play only 10 games? Yeah. yeah. Now, I know you better than that. I know you're the same guy who sat across from me at 105.7 The Zone. When, what did you call the college fraud ball? Yeah. When Ohio State didn't get in the playoff. Now, I mean, admittedly, they played... Uh, 12 games that year. So right. you, what are you saying? You got to play 12 to be a legit? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Wow. Well, you don't think so? I don't think you're married to that. I think you're being, I think that's your COVID anger talking. Probably, but. You know, they say people are hangry when they're hungry and angry. We got to come up with a term for the mixture of anger prompted by COVID. Kangry. Yeah. <laughs> Well, is well, only, I mean, when I, if I were on the fraud ball committee, I would sit there and say, wait a second, all these other teams played non-conference games. They risk the monster being out there. Yeah. They risk guys getting hurt. Uh, they didn't back down to the fear of something. Apparently, they don't believe that everybody's going to be safe by wearing masks. They're in a safe environment. They're getting tested. Uh, SEC, the Big 12. I don't know what the ACC is doing yet, but I know the SEC and the Big 12. They're trying. They're trying to play non-conference. Yeah, and they played non-conference. They risked their star quarterbacks getting hurt. They risked their star players getting hurt. Mm-hmm. They didn't back away from the, the monster. Maybe they got governors down there that don't preach fear all the time. And um, so I don't know. Maybe they they look at it a different way. Uh, so why not reward those? So if if Ohio, I, mean, I think if it's an either or situation, that's you'd my have point. To, you'd have to go with the side that it's a tiebreaker. Played more, although you and I both know this. If, if Ohio State goes undefeated, if, even if they play like eight games, if they're eight and zero, two games canceled last minute because of COVID. If they're eight and zero, they're going to the playoff because they're going to start sure the season that. ranked one or two. What if Clemson's twelve and zero? Clemson, they get got four and spots beat, and beat South Carolina non-conference game, which is actually Clemson would have less risk playing South Carolina than Clemson would have uh, playing Boston College. Yeah, it's true. They're in the same part of the country. Yeah, it's about to... an hour drive. Yeah. So I mean, what's <laughs> well? Speaking of short drives, uh, Ohio State and Michigan are three hours apart. So let's just get right into this. I was thinking about whether the Ohio State-Michigan game should remain the last game on the Ohio State schedule. Whether they go with the schedule they have and shoehorn another Big Ten game in there somewhere. Michigan-Ohio State is scheduled to be the last Saturday in November. But in the COVID era, where what I, what I presume is going to happen this year is, is every game is up in the air to see whether the opponent has enough guys who test negative to play, whether Ohio State has enough guys test negative to play, would it be prudent to schedule the Michigan-Ohio State game for like the third game of the year in case either team can't field a representative roster 
you got like eight, nine starters out with COVID. You're quarantined for two weeks. Then you could just keep like moving it back because I picture the season's going to have like four or five off weeks in mm-hmm. it. What do you think of that? Playing Michigan, Ohio State, October 15th, if that's a Saturday. I think it's uh, dumb. Dumb. Yeah. I just think why. I mean, what well, is- that way, if Dylan McCaffrey and Quiddy Pay and, you know, Zach, I don't know, who, who's their running back? Zach Charbonnet. Um, if they're sick. So what? You'd postpone the game. If Justin Fields, Master Teague, and Chris Olave are out, you postpone the game. It's part of the game. Part of the game? Yeah. Okay. Well, they're not going to be sick because if rioters and protesters can gather together in huge, large groups and not spread COVID and not give each other COVID, certainly a football team that's wearing masks and practicing social distancing the best they can aren't going to spread COVID. You so, are kangry. I'm not kangry. I'm just I'm 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 just saying we can't we have two sets of rules for everybody. Yeah, we do. And I'm not living with two sets of rules. No, that doesn't seem So fair. I'm just saying we we can have protesters that don't spread anything. No, they're pristine protesters. They don't spread anything. No, they don't. And rioters that don't spread anything, but we can't play a non-conference game with a team that's been in basic quarantine my daughter's staying with the football team that sounds weird but it's true they're staying with the football same team same hotel the Fairmont Inn but they're not allowed into the Fairfield Inn there's Fair no Fairmont Fairmont whatever there's no Fairmont I in only Bowling stay Green. in Fairmont only Rick Spielman springing for free <laughs> Fairmont stays no there's yeah. no Fairmont okay. in Bowling Green I got a little carried Fairfield away. Fairmont has excellent thread counts Fair, out there. Fairmont doesn't have a uh, Comped breakfast. It has its muffins wrapped in plastic. A Fairmont? Have you been to a Fairmont? Well, they wouldn't be wrapped in plastic. They'd no. be fresh baked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It wouldn't be Sara Lee muffins. <laughs> so, but do you understand my point? I mean, here's. This. Yes, I do. Okay, so I'm with you on your point. Just listen to me, please, because okay. I, I, I mean, I'm using. Makes your... sense. The floor is yours. Okay. There's two sets of rules. Since it's proven fact that when you riot and protest, you don't spread COVID, according to the experts. Yeah. Okay. But if you practice social distancing, you do Zoom meetings, you do individual out of practice, coaches social distance, everybody's tested, and uh, you wear a mask wherever you go. You wear a mask in your school environment. But... We can't have non-conference games because of the chance of spread of COVID. So that's one set of rules. Mm-hmm. Bowling Green, the men's football team, the volleyball team, the men's basketball team, the women's basketball team are staying in the Fairfield Inn in beautiful Bowling Green, Ohio. Yep. But they're not allowed to go over to their training center, which what? is the most sterile. Well, they all have to pass their COVID test, and they've been waiting for the results for a week. But anyway, since we are in the environment where wear your mask, wear your mask. I want to play, wear your mask, because if you wear your mask, we can play. Everybody's hashtag. wearing a mask. I want a season, hashtag. I want a season. Everybody's wearing a mask. Then why does it not make sense if you can have 100,000 people protesting through the city of Columbus? Then you have the rioters, which I was down there yesterday. It made me so angry because all these people that build up these businesses and these people destroy them at their own whim. You have these riders that can't spread COVID, apparently. They can't. It's impossible for them to spread COVID, from what I'm told, because science tells me that, right? Mm. But we can't get into a bus with mask on if I'm Bowling Green, drive down here on a Saturday morning, line up, play Ohio State, drive back to Bowling Green, because that's too dangerous. What sense does that make? It doesn't make any sense to me. I'm with you 100% on okay, that. Okay, thank you. Can yeah, you write you an article about that? Yeah, I might do that. I might do that. Uh, that uh, College athletics now calls for bold leadership. Somebody needs to step forward and say. Gordon Gee, by the way, can be a bold leader. He could be a bold leader on this. I Yeah, I, I don't have much hope for Kevin Warren, the new Big Ten commissioner, because he's already shown me that he doesn't have – the requisite leadership gene when he had a conference call with all the conference commissioners a few weeks ago and they talked about the season and all the precautions and this that and the other and that's fine then the very next day kevin warren announces the big Ten is going to play non-conference games only and greg sankey of the not sec play not play non-conference games and greg sankey of the sec and the big 12 guy who i believe is, is it bob bowlsby i think it's still something like that yeah they go what huh what 
Big Ten not playing non-conference games. Like, he never mentioned that yesterday. Well, Kevin Warren needs to listen to Governor DeWine because Governor DeWine says if we won't spread COVID. We won't spread it. Then what we have to do is, instead of Ohio State allowing fans, tell them you're you're not going to watch college football. You're going to riot and protest at Ohio Stadium. You're going to loot and pillage Ohio Stadium. That way, they know that you won't spread COVID because you're looting and pillaging and and rioting. I'm not. You're not t- going to watch a football game. You're going to pillage, so you're safe. I'm not That's here- what they're telling us. Don't you understand? Yes, Do you understand that I point? Understand it 100. Yes, officer. I'm not here to tailgate. I'm here to protest. Oh, well, then head right on into the parking lot, sir. You got an awful lot of food that's for a protest. Well, I, the, I, I plan on being here a that's while. That's the message that we're getting. Here's the thing I would like for. Uh, I'm sorry. All right, I'm good. I, I just, I just it, want people to understand yes. uh, somebody. And I might be a complete idiot. You know no, what? No, you're not a complete. When idiot. I'm wrong, I uh, Bruce, who's the first one? You. I say I'm absolutely yes. wrong. So what? What? Am I am I not getting the correct message from them? Is that that's the message that they're conveying to me? Yeah, it is. So I want to be open minded. Oh, you have a constitutional right to protest. You don't have a constitutional right to play bowling. I, I, I get that, and I'm all yeah. for the constitutional right to protest. I love protesting. I'm all about it. If you want to protest, protest your rear end off. I'm all about it. I'm all about it. Peacefully. Peacefully, because that's what your constitution. But don't to do. tell me that riot and protest don't spread COVID. And sit, sitting in a, in a football locker room with a mask on, you you spread it more than if you're riding and protesting. It's packed together, sweating and breathing and, and snorting on each other. What are you kidding me? Now, at the risk of heightening your canger, um, oh, can you good. tell me? Like, I wouldn't go down to downtown Columbus without a whip and a chair these days. What were you doing down there? And can you give me an eyewitness on the scene? Or what did you see? Uh, it's just what were well, you doing down I had there? Can brunch, you tell me? I had brunch down there after church yesterday. Downtown? Yeah. Yes. Thankfully, my church has the guts to stay open. Good for your church, man. You know, people are wearing their mask and social distancing. And <laughs> remind me to tell you the ironic thing that happened to me yesterday in church. But go ahead. But um, I've made a decision that I want to support local businesses. There was a restaurant down there. That my sister-in-law told us to try for brunch. It was outstanding. It was in German village called Walters, and it's just de- depressing uh, because of the uh, broken windows still, the boarded-up <sighs> things, and the, the signs and yeah. spray paint and graffiti. It depresses me because people work very hard, very hard, to either buy a place down there or o- open up a business down there. And we saw, saw a statistic on how small businesses are going to close because of the fear mongering that's going on, and mm. and not sharing all, all the all the data, only share picking and choosing data that he chooses to pick and choose. By the way, he did not share, um, Governor Dewine, on Sunday. He did not report that there were no deaths in Ohio. Reported, right? Yeah, no reported deaths from Ohio in the last twenty-four hours. Oh, don't worry, he'll figure. Nineteen that out. deaths in the last twenty-one days. We'll get that, that figured out. That comes courtesy of our uh, COVID correspondent Matt Finkus. Shout out well, to he'll Matt figure Finkus. it out. He's one of the small business owners who's yeah been hurt so, by this. You know, His place was vandalized. So I mean, the, my whole I just don't understand where, where the logic is because you're setting two sets of rules for everybody, and that's that's wrong. I think it's uh, immoral to do that it, it, and to destroy people and to look at uh, drug abuses up, suicides are up, all that stuff is up. And if masks work, then open everything up without restriction. If masks work and everybody's complying, every place that I've been to this weekend, people were complying with the rules. I get it. They're not doing that everywhere. I'm just telling you my experience. Mm-hmm. And I know that the schools and universities and teams are complying with all the rules and protocols of safety. So why are you canceling non-conference games when it's a two-hour drive to Bowling Green? They can leave at 8, be here at 10, get dressed, go over a quick meeting, get out there and warm up, kick off at noon. They can be on their way back to Bowling Green by 3.30. Now, Big 12 teams are playing non-conference games. In fact, Oklahoma announced yesterday they're moving up their season opener against Missouri State, moving it up to August 29th. So we'll have some college football in five weeks, presumably, if they don't uh, have an outbreak of uh, test, positive tests on campus and things like that. Uh, we want to remind you that Hemisphere Coffee Roasters Coffee is the official coffee of the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Delicious coffee, great people, wonderful mission. They buy direct from growers throughout the world, 
and then the growers get more for their coffee than they do if they go through all the governmental systems and everybody skims a share off the top. And you can imagine the business may not be done on the up and up in some of those countries. Uh, But Hemisphere Coffee Roasters then allows the people who grow for them in those countries to uh, have a better life and also plug into the local economy and do great things. They've planted more than 50 churches in Indonesia. They've saved 70 women from human trafficking in Thailand. They buy from Ethiopia. They're going to be buying from Ecuador very, very soon. So you're getting the best coffee from around the world. And don't forget to ask about their special cocal chocolate. Cocal is a cover crop which grows to protect the coffee plant from direct sunlight. And then Paul has found an ingenious way of taking that cover crop and turning it into... In one respect, one of the varieties is keto-friendly, non-GMO, no sugar added. So it's great for people who are on a keto diet, and you want that sweet taste, but you don't want to violate your diet. So HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com is where you order, and use We Tackle Life in all caps for your promo code. You'll get 15% off. Let me ask you another uh, piece of advice. If I'm an NFL player Mm -hmm. or college player, and I get that there's young people, they want to do things. Once you enter into that arena of your your dome of protection, whether that's at the facility or it's at uh, whatever facility, college or, or NFL, mm-hmm. then you have to take it upon your individual self, your responsibility to protect yourself, protect loved ones around you, and uh, just be smart. I mean, that's what I know a lot of veteran players in NFL are telling a lot of rookies. You can't go out and party and do all these things. In fact, let's give an example of the right thing to do. The right thing to do, if you're living somebody with living with somebody as a player with an underlying condition or somebody that has uh, older and you're nervous uh, that you might get COVID and spread it to them, then you have enough money to move into a hotel a la Dave Clawson, head coach of Wake Forest. Just mm-hmm. to do everything, not only to protect your family, but more importantly, that's the team thing to do, to mm-hmm. stay healthy for your team. You know, the thing you don't want to do is that if you, uh, like a guard for the L.A. Clippers, you don't want to uh, go out and go to a strip club. Lou Williams. And go to a strip club to order food. He got the uh, okay from the NBA to go to a funeral. Right. On his way back from a funeral, he's like, oh, there's Magic City Strip Club. Yeah. They have great wings. So I went in for the wings. I'm going to go for the wings. Did he actually say that? He did. Said he went for the wings. Did he actually? Went for the wings, stayed for the shimmy. So, so that, you know, we talk about in this together and all that crap. That's not in this together because he's making a selfish decision to go to the strip club. So well, that, now he's going to be quarantined. No, yeah, he's quarantined for 10 days. I think COVID might be the least scary thing he could pick up at Magic City. <laughs> oh, man, you only got COVID? That's good. Oh, good for you. You, you Consider that a win, Lou. <laughs> I mean, what do we, I, I just, you know, in, in, I got... And all my ranting and raving, and I, I don't, I'm, I appreciate it, everybody. Just let me do my thing here, because I do feel better when I leave here, and for whatever reason, mm-hmm. I, I come here and I just get so frustrated because nobody's making sense. There's, we lost all common sense. Then when you tell me two sets of rules, there's nothing more infuriating to me than hypocrisy or two sets of rules. That just infuriates me because it's it's not being honest. It's not it's not leading. It's not doing the right thing. And when you pick and choose what you want to share to control the narrative, less allowing you to control some people that aren't willing to look at things themselves and make decisions for themselves, and you're willingly holding withholding information. Mm-hmm. That's that's sad. Or you you refuse to be anything but positive about anything. That's not leadership. That's tyranny. And it's a strong word, but I've been trying to be fair, but if they're not going to be fair with me, I can't be fair with them. Uh, Heartbreaking for me this morning to see news coverage of the rioting in Portland and to see a note that a business owner put on their business, a restaurant, it said, we are a small family-owned business. We are struggling to survive. Please don't hurt us. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, that just that just breaks your heart. I have dabbled in starting a small business before, the amount of paperwork, the amount of forethought, the business plan, the this, the financing, all that stuff, and was, I didn't do it because it was just overwhelming. For the people who do it, for the people who take their shot to be, and, and the, the numbers are astronomical for businesses that fail, aside from being sabotaged by rioters, protesters, violence, needless stuff that they have no part in any of the supposed injustice that people are protesting. It's just heartbreaking to see that. So, um, you know, I don't think any of the protesters are listening to the We Tackle Life podcast, particularly not the end of it. But uh, I just, my heart goes out to people whose livelihoods yeah. are crushed through no fault of their own. So when you when you put out a... Uh the uh, tweet on uh, what we talked about today. Mm-hmm. I and for my portion, at Spielman says or whatever. Say Spielman makes a passionate plea for the Big Ten to please reconsider their non-conference schedule. You got it. And the whole thing about moving a Michigan game. I mean, you can move it. Fine. You know, if it makes you feel better, it, it, it doesn't mean anything. I mean, you have to treat the COVID. Like baseball players are getting it, right? So what's yeah. the difference? And I mean, if you follow baseball, nobody cares, or it's an everyday news report that somebody's going on a ten-day DL. Yeah, they're going on a ten-day DL, two-week quarantine. Whatever. I get it from purely a sports point of view. I get it. I don't you know if to- we've watched too many movies like Outbreak or whatever, uh, but, but 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 this whole like magnification of. I remember early on, you and I talked, friends and I talked, boy, if we could only get the survival rate for COVID to 99.9 something, people would, you know, that would inspire confidence and everybody would be ready to get back to it and stuff like that. And that is where it is. And it's a much higher survival rate for people under the age of 70. For healthy people, it's very good. But we don't care. We're, we're locked in. We've locked in on, and we got this thing like we're a pit bull with a chew toy in our mouth that you just can't get it. You can't get it. You don't want to get it. And I don't know how we made that leap, but we've made it. And uh, We made that leap because people are cheap and they get brainwashed. Yeah. And they don't educate themselves, then you have a leader who does not and refuses to share all sides of the story. Absolutely refuses. When asked about uh, other data points that are positive for people that want to get back to work, he refuses to answer the question or takes it in a direction that he wants to go. Yeah. That's it. So you want to know why? And so when people then uh, are clinging to, um, Life, which life is obviously something very valuable and, and something to be adored and lived, uh, they get panicked because they will not do their own research. Then you have people feeding them stuff that refuse, refuse for some reason. I have no idea why. I would love to know why do you refuse to post the good things? And why would you make a statement that our goal is to not anybody die, not anybody get sick. Because that's not going to happen. No, it's that's, not realistic. It's, it's, not, it's not a realistic so goal. First thing people will tell you about setting goals is set realistic goals. That's not a realistic goal. So, uh, all right. But but to go back to the Michigan thing, you can do that fine if it makes you feel better. My plea is just reschedule the non-conference games. Think about it. Maybe, okay, you don't play Oregon, fine. If that makes you feel better, you don't want to play Oregon, that's fine. Don't play Oregon. But reschedule the non-conference games and, you know, be a good teammate. And I don't sacrifice. see any harm in playing the in-state opponents. I really don't. I think that's silly not to what's play the, the in-state opponents. What, what's because the difference? You, can, you know that you have the numbers for the in-state COVID condition. There's no reason why Clemson can't play South Carolina. There's no reason why Texas can't play Texas A&M. Yeah. You know, those kinds of Florida, Florida State, those kinds of things, I see no harm in that. But we'll see if common yeah, sense okay. prevails. I feel bad, as we said, for the small businesses. AUI Info in Akron is a small business, and they are 
a lifeline for small businesses who are trying to navigate these crazy times with compliance issues from the state and you got to do this and that and what kind of rights do employees have and all those kinds of things. You want to do it right as a small business owner. You can do it two ways. You can spend all your time on a state website navigating everything day by day or you can Click on auiinfo.com and avail yourself of the expertise that Chrissy and Julie and Steve and all the other employees there, 14 of them, a small business themselves, they keep track of everything on not just a daily basis, but an hourly basis. So they will help you navigate through that, lining up health insurance, answering questions, HR related and all that. And they are compensated by the companies that they put you in touch with, not by you. So it doesn't increase your cost. It just increase your knowledge and increase your ability to do business and do business well and within the framework of the rules. So I highly encourage you, if you're a small business in the state of Ohio or a big business and you want small business Boots on the ground expertise. Go with auiinfo.com, auiinfo.com. Congratulations to Damon Arnett. He signed his rookie contract ahead, with the Damon. Las Vegas Raiders. Four years, $13.4 million. He made an outstanding choice to come back to Ohio State for his senior year. Yeah, and that worked for him. And, um, look, he's a competitor. One thing I love about him is he's a competitor. Now, there's a big growth curve. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's mm-hmm. some guys that his corners – can come in, come in and play right away, but it's such a big growth curve because the the uh, ability of NFL wide receivers compared to the ability of call your average college mm-hmm. wide receiver you know, is just off, off the charts. It's totally different. Okay, right? how much different is what a DB's allowed to do in the NFL with his hands? I've said I've described Damon Arnett before as pretty handsy. Yeah, he's got to be out hand, there, handsy how within much- five yards. Yeah, I was going to say, like, how, how much more difficult, not just because of the talent you're trying to keep in check, but for the rules and what you're allowed to do as a college corner and an NFL uh, corner, how different is yeah, it? Yeah, you got to be, I mean, you got to, if you're, obviously you can't keep your hands on the guy after five yards down the field. We know there's an emphasis on DPIs uh, and the, the challenge flag, which was a total disaster mm-hmm. last year, mm-hmm. but uh I think for Damon, and I would advise this to every young corner, it's all technique. You know, you really, it's not any wasted steps because these guys, I mean, you're talking about, say, Damon lining up against a kid from Northwestern or Purdue or Illinois. Oh, that, no, okay, by the way, here comes uh, Julio Jones or Mike Thomas, who Damon probably knows, but Mike's improvement uh, since he's gotten into the league has just been astronomical to what he's able to do. And so the level of competition that these guys face week in and week out. And the one thing, um, I mean, that's interesting that you bring that thing up about Hansy, Bruce, mm-hmm. because when I do my scouting reports and prepare for my games every week and I'm watching film, every corner that I watch, I look at the corners first for one reason, because this is a passing league, right? Mm-hmm. So, yes, it is. Yes, it and is. what corners are Hansy, right? And that are vulnerable to... to um, Penalties. The other thing, and his coaches can help him with this, is uh, what officiating crews on this this week, and how many defensive holdings do they call? Ooh. You know, all these little things. Sure. But the best thing all of them can do. And um, Mike Zimmer, I asked him about this, head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, and Mike's area of expertise is defense. Then you break it down into another category. It's it's coaching secondary. He says it's about a year and a half for a corner to be really comfortable in playing in the the NFL, and when they learn. And the other thing, you better be mentally tough and have a short memory because you're going to get beat in the league. Well, that's just are. What I was going to say is that time frame Mike Zimmer outlines, a year and a half, is a time where a lot of bad things can happen to you and fracture your confidence. And of all the tools that you need as a corner, confidence and the ability to forget failure and move on to the next snap, golf and cornerback are the two places where you better forget it and move on because you're going you're gonna to get flagged. You're going to give up touchdowns. You just are. And, you know, in a year and a half's time, Damon Arnett could feel like he's a lost man. I thought, what can I do? I used to be able to do this. This is what I did yeah. to get drafted in the first I, round. I, I think, you know, I think for Ohio State guys, and they do such a great job of coaching down there. And Ohio State corners, they're usually pretty well trained and understand that. And, you know, he's certainly has a lot of guys that he can go to, right? He can go to Eli Apple. He can go to Marshawn Lattimore. He mm-hmm. can go uh, to – Akuda or whatever other number one, Gary on Conley. He, yeah. he can go all these guys and say, okay, what'd you learn from this? What'd you learn from this? How can I adjust to this? 
And, you know, it's a hard position to play. I admire corners so much because you're out on an island mm. and you're the focal point and you know that you're being attacked. And that's the way it is. And they're looking for mismatches because, as we talked about weekly, and we will once football gets started again, mm -hmm. um, we promise to give you all the so that you can make your own decision based on the football. It's a novel concept. Yes, it is. <laughs> Something new in the state of Ohio, <laughs> yeah. by the way. That you, you just you, you learn in those guys, to me, like guys that can play a long time at Corners League are amazing, uh, mentally tough, and physically gifted uh, athletes. They really are. Just amazing. Like Richard yeah. Sherman, and you can whatever uh, – you can feel about Richard Sherman. I know that he works very hard in practice. I know that he's a very smart football player, and he's played a lot of years at a very difficult position to play, and has done it very well. Uh, let's uh, switch to uh, an NFL trade. He's not a corner, but, boy, he uh, sure fetched a haul that would be indicative of a position of impact like corner or left tackle or defensive end. Jamal Adams, dissatisfied safety of the New York Jets, Fetches a first-round pick in 2021, a first-round pick in 2022, a, a third-round pick in 2021, and a player, Bradley McDougal, who people from, very good from Seattle who think will step in and start where Jamal Adams did. Uh, oh, he will. Seattle Seahawks uh, apparently in win-now yeah, mode. Good. Uh, what do you think of that trade? I mean, the it's not the first time that you know a guy's fetched two first-round picks. But uh, that's a lot for a, a strong safety. He's a young player, he though. He didn't intercept too. passes. Yeah, but he's a force. He's a really good football player. He makes plays all over the field. You okay with the hall, then? Uh, no, I'm not. But I understand it. But I would not do that. Boy, if the Jets draft well, man, are they going to be... Right. I understand the trade because I get where Seattle's trying to go. I really do. And I think Jamal Adams is... What, going into his fourth year? Fourth year, yeah. He's He wanted uh, $17 million a year. He wanted to be paid like a pass rusher. Yeah, I get it, but so do I, but you're not going <laughs> to get it. I would do. Yeah. I'd like to be paid like a pass rusher. I, 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 you know, I don't mind that. And Jamal Adams, you know, he forced the trade. He basically over the weekend came oh. out and said, Adam Gase is not the guy to lead the Jets to the – He ripped the owner. That didn't work. So he's like, all right, who's he, next, yeah, he, coach? He burned it down. He, he did. And, and look, all that – that, that just happens in the NFL. If, Doesn't if, it worry you, though, that a guy who's unhappy about his money, to me it feels like the, the next person who gets a big money contract and Jalen Ramsey thinks he's a better player than that guy, he's not going to be happy there either. I mean, does Seattle really think they're going to get a guy and make him happy by paying him? Odell Beckham got paid. Is Odell Beckham happy? Nobody thinks Odell Beckham's It doesn't Beckham's matter. Happy. I mean, that's business. It's business. If you know, Sure. It's like the so kid you, with the elevator yeah. I told you about. It's like, if you get paid once when you gripe, why wouldn't you want to get paid more right. gripe again? Right. And so, but if you, look, if I would have got offered from what the Seahawks offered the Jets, I, here, let me help you pack. Yeah. So, but that, it's been like that since... I was in the league. I remember guys in the locker room complaining and moaning about money all the time. Yeah, That's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. It's <laughs> always been that way. And some guys can get away with it because talent gives you more leverage than others. The thing that intrigues me about a trade like this is, is Mike Tannenbaum still the Jets GM? I don't know. Whoever the Jets GM is. No, Seattle's God. call and this negotiation takes place over you know a period of time and how much do the Jets sit there like when Seattle offers, they offer a one, okay? They're going to start offering a one. They're not going to start offering two ones. They offer a one, and the Jets say no. All right, a one and a three. No. No. A one and a three in Bradley McDougal. Now the Jets are going, man, that's pretty good, but can we get another one out of them? Every time you say no, you risk the Seahawks saying, all right, see you later. And you really want the one and the three right. and Bradley McDougal. And you're trying not to overplay your hand. Because right. you don't want to be the Jets calling back to say, oh, okay, uh, that one, three, and Bradley McDougal, we'll take that. Because yeah. then Seattle's going to say, no. Yeah. But, man, that game of chicken where you're, like, waiting for him to dangle that second one. Did you hear the news about it. Seattle? They're moving uh, training camp into Chaz. Great. 
Move it into Chaz. <laughs> That'll be awesome. They're trying to toughen up their defense. Toughen up their defense. Uh, yeah, so hey, that's a big Here's some big. other players. Three times in recent years, a player has fetched two number one picks in return. Jalen Ramsey, cornerback. Rams. Uh, from the Jags. Jags. Laramie Tunsil. The offensive tackle. Yeah, where did he end up? Dolphins got I two think, ones for him. Uh, Dallas? Well, I don't remember where he uh, went. Man, I, I don't know. And Khalil Mack, of course, from yeah. Oakland to um, the Bears. I'd never give up two number ones for a guy. Man. I'd give up not one number one for a guy. I'd never give up two number ones. That's just me. I think, I think a lot. I think whoever had the number one pick and traded it for so the Rams could pick Sam Bradford gave up two ones yeah. or got two ones for that Sam Bradford pick. But it's a lot to give up. A lot to give up. And you would presume they would surround Sam Darnold with some talent, either offensive line or I'm not sold on him yet, are you? Yeah, I'm not sold on him either, no. Didn't you love him? I loved him more than Baker Mayfield. Yeah. But I had questions. I just thought, you know. You see where two Browns yeah. players tested positive for COVID? I did not see that. Yeah. Shut it down. No. Cuyahoga is already shut down. Well, thank yeah, no. I'm going up. I'm going up there uh, Wednesday. Yeah. Maybe I better wear my mask. Wear your I mask. Get north of Mansfield. I better put a mask on get in my truck. Get your mask truck. on. Get your mask Turn on. Turn the air conditioning Cower off. Cower in fear. In case they're blowing those spores into my truck cab. <laughs> Who knows what might happen? Who knows what might happen? Hey, that's uh, kind of the situation in your life. You don't know what's going to happen. Sometimes you get hit with something out of the blue, and you find yourself in the middle of a legal jackpot. Or something happens to you, and you say, hey, that's not right. I need some legal expertise. Well, the place you go to get those questions answered and to get an advocate on your side who is uh, someone that will have the highest character, highest integrity, do things the right way, Willis Spangler, Starling Attorneys in Hilliard there on Truman Boulevard. Easy to find. Go in, have a conversation with an attorney, find out what your legal rights are, whether it's workers' comp, personal injury, wills, estate planning. They are a full-service law firm, so no matter what happens, you want to start a business, get an attorney involved. You want to enter into a contract with someone, get an attorney from Willis Spangler Starling involved. Willis Spangler Starling Attorneys, they are the best. Look for them online, willisattorneys.com, willisattorneys.com. Did you ever get to meet Regis Philbin? Unfortunately not. I've always, like everybody, I think, have been drawn to the guy. He just whatever the personality or presence that he had, it's just yeah. amazing to me because big college football fan. Big yeah, Notre but Dame I fan. just think though his his presence was all. I I didn't wasn't aware of Regis Philbin until that show Who Wants to Be a Millionaire yeah. came, came out, yeah. and I just I think every there's certain people that you meet or come across in your life that everybody's favorite uncle type thing and he was he just had that personality you know, high energy guy just hard not to like yeah really right? hard not to like not to admire he had infectious enthusiasm yeah. i think applies to regis philbin yeah. he passed away over the weekend at age 88 88 yes and yeah. i was stunned like he was a kind of a local guy in la came to new york and i was not aware that regis and Kathy Lee, she was not married to Frank Gifford at the time. They started that as a local show in New York. Oh, really? And it was so successful, they took it national. Yeah. And then Kathy Lee retired, and Regis kept at it, and they brought Kelly Ripa in, mm-hmm. and it kept right on rolling. Is it Ryan Seacrest doing it now? Ryan Seacrest is doing it now. Strahan did it for a while, and now Ryan Seacrest okay. is doing it. But who wants to be a millionaire was a like a national phenomenon. That yeah. was like a game show at night. And everybody watched that show. Yeah. It was American Idol popular. So and Regis and Regis was the draw. Yeah, he, he's just he he's a, just that guy. Yep. You know. So, well, good. What else do you have for me today? I'm ready to transition into the faith portion of Beautiful. the podcast. Can I go first? You may go first. Yes. Because what I am sharing today is huge and important. And it's a warning, and I don't want to be dire, but I want you to be aware mm-hmm. of what's lurking in, out there. I'm not trying to be scary. I really am. But uh, this is how you can trust God because he's telling you what to do and how to view this situation and how God's in control. Isaiah 520, if you want to follow along, Bruce. Okay. It's interesting how... <laughs> 
I have a Bible and I carry in my car, but it, my phone seems so much more convenient and I can look it up a lot faster than what you do. Yeah, I'm old school. I, <laughs> you are. I like, I get I like it. having the Bible and underlining things I, and stuff I'm, like that. I'm but I know you. that, the, hey, look, the phone has been great. Whatever brings you closer yeah. to God, great. Do it. All right. You, you, you're with me on Isaiah 520? Yeah. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. So it's just a good reminder that keep your eyes on truth. God is always going to give you the truth. Everything is true in the Bible. It's it's just it's the truth. And it's it's just interesting to me in a in the age that we're living in. And I'm not saying this is unprecedented. I think it's very precedented. I just think it's more in our face because of social media, immediate access to videos and all that stuff. We're back in the 60s or even I'm watching this thing on Netflix called Turn. It's back during the Revolutionary War and how Washington had spies and uh, just uh, really an interesting show for me. Or I'm at, then I'm actually watching something uh, called Hell on Wheels. It's about the building of the railroads out west and... Mm-hmm all this stuff that was going on, and this applies to all ages. Woe to those who call good evil and evil good, who call darkness light and call light darkness. I mean, and that's what we have. Uh, You know, when you talk about the slaughter of unborn babies and somebody calls that a good thing, it's a problem. And they're going to have to answer one day, and guess what? We're going to have to answer one day. You're going to have to answer one day. I'm going to have to answer yep. one day. And that's truth. That is truth. And it's important that you shared that today uh, on the day that Sports Illustrated is writing about San Francisco Giants pitcher Sam Coonrod, who over the weekend uh, was the only player on the San Francisco Giants or the opponent that they were playing, um, I believe it was the Philadelphia Phillies, who did not take a knee for uh, a moment before the game when uh, they were, you know, making, they played a Morgan Freeman announcement uh, about um, equality. There was no mention of police or Black Lives Matter during the clip, but clearly that was the insinuation that it's a, it's a literal bending of the knee to what's going on in America right now with uh, a call for depends what, on how you view protests, riots, um, demonstrations, some peaceful, some not. But at any rate, uh, Sam Coonrod stood. And I know this, if uh, her teammates decide to kneel for the national anthem, my daughter will stand. Not because I tell her to, but because I know her character and I know she will. So Sam Coonrod is being, uh, as you might expect, uh, heavily criticized nationally for this. Asked to explain himself after the game, Coonrod said, I meant no ill will by it. I don't think I'm better than anybody. I'm just a Christian. I believe I can't kneel before anything but God and Jesus Christ. I chose not to kneel. I feel if I did kneel, I'd be a hypocrite, and I don't want to be a hypocrite. He went on, Good for him. He went on to cite that he said, I cannot get on board with a couple of things I've read about Black Lives Matter, how they lean toward Marxism, and say negative things about the nuclear family. Right on. So, Sam Coonrod standing up when his moment comes. Your moment may come. Chris said, truth, stand for truth. I say stand for truth. The moment may come where it is controversial or even punitive. You may be punished. Or standing. I don't think that's far away depending upon how events unfold from here on out. So in that vein, I was reading First uh, John, which is John the Disciple, um, and I read this. The one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Now, who is in you? Well, if you accept Christ as your Savior, his Spirit is in you, and the Holy Spirit is is sometimes called the spirit of truth. Chris talked about truth and standing for truth. So if you have that spirit of truth in you, the one who is in you, John says, is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us. 
But whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. So I'm greatly encouraged by that. And that is what I will rely on uh, if and when I'm called to have my Sam Coonrod moment. Uh, I, I will say that um, I'm not being critical of my church on this. I just found it highly ironic that yesterday we had uh, old hymns sung to a bluegrass beat early in the service. And I love old hymns. And one of the hymns I love is Leaning on the Everlasting Arms. And one of the verses in there starts, What have I to fear? What have I to dread? While leaning on the everlasting arms. The assumption being, you have nothing to fear, nothing to dread. And I turned to my wife and I said, Do you see the irony that we're singing this with masks on? What have I to fear? What have I to dread? Nothing is the implication. While we're leaning on God, yet there we are all are standing there wearing our masks because we're trying to walk this line between, and this is biblical, obey the authorities. But yesterday in California, John MacArthur, who's one of my favorite pastors, held church at Grace Community Church, and he said, we're not bending our knee to the state and our governor, uh, Gavin Newsom, telling us we can't sing, we can't meet, we can't do all that. I don't know what will happen to John MacArthur. I don't know what will happen to his church. But he's doing what Sam Coonrod's doing, and he's doing what Chris says you may have to do sometime, and I'm saying you may have to do yeah. sometime. And you have to, as Chris always says, know what you believe and why you believe it and why you're going to do what you're going to do before the time comes. You need to be prepared for that moment. Yeah, and I think what Sam is saying also is, of, of, of course, all lives matter absolutely. lives of black people matter absolutely but um i'm with saying i don't i ain't bending in need of nobody except uh when i'm called home every knee will bow yep and i'll be right there bowing with them i ain't bending a knee there's no way then i'm a then i'm a fraud and a hypocrite if i ever bend a knee yeah so uh it's going to be uh an interesting next six months Five months. It's going to be a next, I don't know if or when we'll ever transition out of this period of uh, rancor, uh, but we're called to be peacemakers, and sometimes uh, being yeah, a peacemaker not. is just standing for truth. You don't have to be a crusader. You don't have to be shouting at people. You shouldn't be shouting at people. No, you don't have to go pepper spray people no. in a park when you're having no, a no, picnic no. like the lady pepper sprayed a couple in San Diego for not having a mask on while they were eating yeah, lunch crazy. in the park. You know, but just uh, in Ephesians 6, uh, Paul talks about just stand. Know what you're standing on. You're standing on truth. Know what that truth is and um, why you're standing on it. And if you know what you believe and why you believe it, mm -hmm. it makes it easier in those moments of challenge to do what you need to do and honor God. Yeah. Thank you. Good we'll job. leave you with that on a Monday. Everybody have a great day. We'll be back Wednesday with another edition of the We Tackle Life podcast. Have a good one.